Our reading is Psalm 145. I will exalt you, my God the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation will commend your works to another. They will tell of your mighty acts. They will speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty, and I will meditate on your wonderful works. They will tell of the power of your awesome works, and I will proclaim your great deeds. They will celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. All you have made will praise you, O Lord. Your saints will extol you. They will tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might, so that all men may know your mighty acts and the glorious splendour of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is faithful to all his promises and loving towards all he has made. The Lord upholds all those who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and loving towards all he has made. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. So is it important to pray every day? It's one of the questions that was asked last year. We, we had a session where we thought about questions people wanted answering, and this was one of them. Last week we thought about whether prayer was a waste of time, whether it made any difference at all. This week's question is more practical. Okay, I know I ought to be saying my prayers, but is it important to do so every day? Now, I could just say yes. Of course, it's vital that we pray every day. But I don't just want to give that answer, not just because I don't want to deprive you of a sermon, of course. But also just to say, yes, you should be praying every day. That could give the impression that that prayer is a chore that you have to do daily through gritted teeth, if necessary. And I could back this up with all kinds of warnings about the dire spiritual consequences of neglecting this most basic and most frequently neglected of religious duties. And I could send you all home feeling fairly depressed or guilty As a result, because, you know, yeah, we all know we should pray every day, but none of us prays as often or as well as we think we should. That's not how I want to send you home. Thinking about this sermon, I was reminded of one of my favourite quotations by someone called Antoine de Saint-Exupéry, and it goes like this. If you want to build a ship, don't drum up people to collect wood, don't assign them tasks and work, but rather teach them to long for the endless immensity of the sea. And if you apply that principle to spiritual disciplines, it means the way to get people praying is not to bang the drum about how important prayer is and how we should be praying more, but rather to say, look at God. 
Look at the one you're praying to. Look at the one that prayer is all about. Look at how great and glorious and wonderful and awesome and mighty he is. They're all adjectives that are used to describe God or his attributes in Psalm 145. Because prayer, real prayer, is not just a matter of discipline or duty. Real prayer can only ever come about as a response to a vision of who God is and what he's like. Because he's the one that we're praying to. When Jesus teaches the disciple to pray, he he begins with our Father. Let's remember who we're praying to because it is all about God. It's our knowledge of God, our need of God, our recognition of who God is that calls forth a response of prayer and worship from our hearts. Psalm 145 is a sustained expression of praise to God. It is an acrostic psalm which means that each section starts with a successive letter of the Hebrew alphabet. This is no thoughtless, spontaneous expression of random ideas. The psalm is a product of careful, creative reflection. So I've got to be honest and say prayer does entail a degree of effort, as well as just the kind of spontaneous arrow prayers we're inclined to send up. The more thought you put into prayer, the better it's going to be. But that a principle applies to communication in any relationship, doesn't it? If you think someone is wonderful, you don't just take them for granted. The way to consolidate a relationship is to look for the good points in someone you love and express them. Say, this is how much you mean to me. This is how much I value you. And it's the same with us and God. When we pray, we take a moment to become conscious and aware of being in God's presence. It's a chance to open ourselves up to the knowledge of his love which has no limits. To be aware of his grace towards us when we we don't deserve it. Gives us a chance to make a thoughtful response to his goodness and his faithfulness. To see just how marvellous, how great, how majestic, how awesome, how mighty, how glorious he is. And if we take the time to do that, our relationship with God will be richer and deeper as a result. At the core of living the Christian life is the principle that everything we do, we should do with all our heart for the God who loves us with all his heart. Working for God is worship expressed in daily life. Without worship, there is no key motivation for living for God. And without a sense of who God really is, there is no basis for our worship. So Psalm 145 is a psalm that expresses an all-consuming celebration of who God is, what he's like and what he does. The psalmist celebrates and rehearses the attributes and qualities of God and his pervasive presence in the world. There's a little word in the psalm that crops up again and again, which is translated or expressed by the English words all or every. Every day, I will praise you, verse 1. The Lord is good to all and his compassion on all he has made, verse 9. All you have made will praise you, verse 10. It talks about all men knowing your mighty acts, verse 12. Your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is faithful to all his promises, loving towards all he has made, verse 13. The Lord upholds all those who fall, lifts up all who are bowed down, verse 14. The eyes of all look to you, verse 15. You satisfy the desires of every living thing, verse 16. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and loving towards all he has made, 
verse 17. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth, verse 18. The Lord watches over all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy, verse 20. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever, verse 21. The greatness of God seen in all those different ways, calling forth a response of praise and worship. As God's grace encompasses the whole of his creation, so the whole of his creation responds to him in praise. And we are called to lead the way as people who know him personally through his son, Jesus Christ. As one writer puts it, the entire alphabet, the source of all words, is marshaled in praise of God. You can't actually use all of the words in a language, but by using the alphabet, you can use all the potential words. Everything harnessed in praise of God. So the psalm starts by declaring, every day I will praise you, I will exalt you, I will praise and extol your name forever and ever. And why? The reason is given there in verse 3. Because, because the Lord is great, because he is most worthy of praise, his greatness no one can fathom. If we're going to pray every day, it's because God is worth praying to every day. The abundance of praise that is due to God is directly proportionate to his unfathomable greatness. There is nothing shallow or superficial about God. The more you get to know him, the more marvellous you discover him to be. And yet, as Leslie Allen puts it in his commentary, the psalmist's own praise, however extended, is inadequate for its subject. So rhetorically, he calls on each generation of God's people to transmit to the next the tradition of God's work in creation and in redemptive history, a tradition that reveals kingly power. The poet willingly owns himself to be a link in this living chain of worship to the great king. So the psalmist is so taken up with a sense of God's greatness that he cannot but praise God every day, but he recognises as well that God is so great that that greatness exceeds his own capacity to give praise to God. So he says, come on, you know, all the people before me have done it, I want to pass it on to the next generation as well. The glories of God are passed on from one generation to another. And he gladly takes his place in that great chorus of praise. And because he did so, the words that he penned can be part of the basis for our own response to God thousands of years later. God is still as amazing as ever he was. The chorus of praise has never ceased even for a moment. At every minute of the day or the night, at some point in our world, somebody is praying. Somebody is praising God. Somebody is responding to God in their hearts. And when we pray, we, we join in with that. Our prayers make us part of something universal which transcends time, as God himself does. So... Verses 4 to 5 speak of successive generations commending God's works to each other, telling of his mighty acts, speaking of the glorious splendour of his majesty. And then it's all too much for the writer. He can't just listen to other people talking about God. He has to join in himself, in his heart, and in his mind, and with his words. So while others declare the glorious splendour of God's majesty, he meditates on God's wonderful works. While others tell of the awesome power of God's works, he proclaims God's great deeds. 
They celebrate God's abundant goodness and joyfully sing of his righteousness. And then it's like he can't contain himself anymore. He breaks into words of praise about the Lord. The Lord is gracious and compassionate. He's slow to anger and rich in love. He's good to all. He has compassion on everything he's made. The psalmist has listened to other people saying how great God is. He's treasured up their words in his own heart. And now he cannot contain his own expression of praise and worship anymore. And if the focus on on verses 3 to 9 is is how God is praised from one generation to the next, verses 10 to 13 speak of how the praises of those who belong to God should inspire the whole world in worship. As the Lord's compassion is on all he has made, so everything he has made will praise him, and his saints will extol him. As those who know God tell of the glory of his kingdom and the splendor of his might, so all people will come to know his mighty acts and the glorious splendor of his kingdom that lasts forever and ever throughout all generations. It is the quality of our praise that inspires others to worship God, because praising God is infectious. Heartfelt worship of God is caught, not taught. Jesus' disciples said to him, teach us to pray because they saw him praying. They'd heard how John taught his disciples. They'd seen it modelled. They wanted to do it for themselves. And that's why we have the Lord's Prayer. Those of you who think God is fantastic, don't keep it to yourselves. Your worship of God has the capacity to inspire others to worship God as well. So we're caught up together in praise and worship. That's one of the reasons why it's good to come together to worship God in this place, because we are inspired by other people's praise of God. When other people are close to God, that can bring us close to God as well. And when that happens, praying to God every day becomes something that is more natural for us to do because we know we're doing it together. We're not doing it alone. We're doing it with everybody else as well. Then in verse 13b onwards, the psalmist turns again to the praise of God. But notice here how the things he says about God, if we reflect on them, have the capacity to move us to pray for the world that God has made. Because he talks about what God does. And if if we know that God does this kind of stuff, then our prayer should be that we will see this worked out in practice in the lives of the people and in the situations that matter to us. Intercessory prayer flows out of praise. Because we say to God, God, you are amazing, you're wonderful, because you do this, 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 and this. And if you do this, this, and this, then please would you do it in this situation for these people? Because we're not people who kind of shut our eyes to the world and pretend everything's wonderful because we're praising God. We see how wonderful God is. We see the world. We bring those two together when we pray, God, do what you say you do in this world that you made. We cannot but pray for the world when we see the state of the world and how wonderful God is. So we ask that God's character would be displayed in answering our prayers for the world. So what does God do? We worship a God who faithfully keeps his promises who loves everything that he's made, who supports those who fall, who lifts up those who are bowed down. He feeds those who look to him. He satisfies the desires of every living thing. He's righteous in all his ways and is near to everyone who calls on him, especially those who call on him in truth. He hears the cry of those who fear him and saves them. He watches over all who love him. He destroys the wicked. This, this is our God. This, 
This is the God whom we worship. This, this is the God to whom we pray. And when we encounter this God in the depths of our souls, then our natural response will be for our mouths to speak his praise and for our longing to be for every creature to praise his holy name forever and ever. So to return to the original question, is it important to pray every day? It depends on whether you think God is worth it or not. But if you catch a glimpse of the greatness of God, of what he's like and what he does, then yes, you don't need to force yourself. I've got to say my prayers today. The knowledge of who God really is fills your heart and your mind, then praying every day will be your natural response. When you leave this place, don't go home thinking and talking about prayer. Leave it thinking and talking about the God to whom you pray. Because he's worth it.